welcome to Books in the Middle, a podcast just for middle school books. Mutiny. Do you know what it means? Let me read you the definition. An open rebellion against the proper authorities, especially by soldiers or sailors, against their officers. Do you know what the punishment for mutiny is during war times? A person who is found guilty of attempted mutiny, mutiny, sedition, or failure to suppress or report a mutiny or sedition shall be punished by death. Now that you know the proper definition for mutiny and what the results can be if one decides to hold a mutiny, let's talk about Port Chicago. Port Chicago is not, as you might think, located in Chicago. It is actually a port that is located just north of San Francisco in California. This surprised me, I will not lie. Uh, But it was also a port that happened to ship out munitions, weapons, to supply the Pacific Theater during World War II. Now, what you might not know is that our country did not desegregate its troops until the Korean War. So, there were black Americans who wanted to serve in World War II. And in the army, they were put into their own special troops and they were sent out to fight. The problem was in the Navy. In the Navy, the ships were not set up to have segregated areas. So, that meant that black Americans who joined the war effort through the Navy, had no place to go. The ships could not accommodate two separate areas to continue with this idea of segregated troops. Instead, they decided to have the sailors serve on land, and one of the popular places to send them was Port Chicago. These black Americans were in charge of loading the massive cargo ships that would be holding all of these munitions and going out to the places that they were needed in the Pacific Ocean. So this meant that these men were in charge of loading tons upon tons of incredibly incendiary material, and they were doing it without any proper instruction. The stovers, people who are basically trained in how to load ships from San Francisco, because obviously San Francisco is a major port in the world, they had told the military, they said, look, we will come up and we will train your guys so they know how to properly load ships because there's an art to it. You can't just load everything on one side. The whole thing will capsize, right? Not to mention to be careful. The people in San Francisco were worried about all these munitions and what could happen if they were loaded incorrectly. Obviously, this would be a major disaster. But guess what the military said? Nah, we got this. No problem. So basically, what would happen is these railroad cars would come in. There were railroad ties going right down to the dock. These train cars would bring in all these munitions from across the country that were being produced in all these major manufacturers that had turned to war production. And the black men were then, the black sailors, were in charge of loading, unloading them from the railroad cars and then loading them into the ships that were docked there. The loaders were all black and the officers were all white. It was incredibly terrifying work and yet at the same time completely mind-numbingly boring. So the white officers decided 
Let's make things more interesting. Let's see which crew can load the munitions the fastest. Does that sound like a recipe for disaster? Yeah, and most of the sailors thought this too. But what could they say? They were just the sailors and the officers had complete control. Until the unthinkable happened one night, there was a massive explosion and the dock disappeared. It was not until sunrise that the men at Port Chicago got a clear look at the scene of devastation. The huge open space leading down to the water was dotted with piles of rubble, burned grass, splintered wood. One 200-pound chunk of gray steel, part of one of the ships clearly, lay more than two miles from the pier. The men walked along the railroad tracks leading down to the bay. At the waterfront where the pier used to be, two twisted rails stuck out a few feet from the shore and ended in the air above the water. The 1,200-foot pier was simply gone. The locomotive and the ammunition boxcars that had been at the pier at the time of the blast had disintegrated. The only pierce of the Quilnot Victory in sight was its upright stern sticking up from the water just offshore of the E.A. Bryan, which had been packed with nearly 10 million pounds of explosives. Nothing visible remained. The ship had essentially exploded like one gigantic bomb, one of the biggest man-made explosions in history to that point. Shreds of clothing and other bits of debris bobbed on the water. Some of the men with only minor injuries were given the gory task of wading into the bay to pull out bodies and parts of bodies. Man, it was awful. Jack Crigadon remembered. You'd see a head floating across the water, just the head or an arm. Very seldom you'd find a whole body, DeWitt Jameson said. You may find a shoe with a foot in it, half a head blown off, or something like that. We had to do this for a couple of days until the authorities felt they had found everybody that they were going to find. Of the human remains pulled from the bay, only 51 bodies were whole enough to identify. There had been more than 300 people at the waterfront at the time of the blast. Weeks go by and rebuilding happens. And then the black sailors are asked to go back to work again. And they say, we will. We will go back to work. We understand we're in a war. We understand accidents happen. But we want proper training this time. We don't want another horrible accident to happen and cost the lives of possibly more people. And you know what the military said? Nah, you're fine. No problem. Go back to work. Fifty of the black sailors said no. And they were charged with mutiny. The Port Chicago 50. Disaster, Mutiny, and the Fight for Civil Rights by Steve Schenken.